Well, today, uh, in our, the rest of our time, I want to just share some thoughts with you. Um, we're completing a series that we started a few weeks ago called uh, Lessons from Israel. And um, we went to some amazing sites, but, but one of the sites that we went to was Bethlehem. And uh, that's pretty cool. And so uh, in Bethlehem, we went to one of the spots we went to was the shepherd's fields. Now, I, I got a picture of it here, and, and we're on this ledge, and we're looking out over the valley there. And this is what's called the shepherd's fields. And, you know, the shepherd's fields uh, is where the shepherds were whenever the angels came down and spoke to the shepherds, right? And so we know it was at night, and so it would look a little bit different if you were there today, and uh, and and uh, God was uh, bringing about the first Christmas. And so we have another picture here, and this this is what it would look like. And so you know, it's a it's a picture of what is known as uh, the shepherd's fields whenever they experience the visitation from the angels of God on that first faithful Christmas morning. Wouldn't you like to be there? You know, the picture reminds us of what we read about in the scripture in, in Luke chapter 2. And so I want to take a moment to read it. Every Christmas, Tanya and I love to just read this story as we begin the day, just to remind us what Christmas is all about, right? In verse 4, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now, this story recorded in Luke 2 gives us much detail of what actually happened that first Christmas night, which happened right there where that first picture you saw. And it was just an amazing thing to be in Israel, in Bethlehem, standing and just looking out in the valley and just thinking, man, what it must have been like to be there in Bethlehem. Whenever that, that ex incredible experience happened where these shepherds get visited by these angels 
And the, the message came forth that a savior was on the way. And so, you know, another famous site that we visited in Bethlehem was a church called the Church of the Nativity Basilica. And uh, here's a, a picture of this church uh, from the outside. And um, the Church of the, Nazar the Nativity is the oldest major church in the Holy Land. It's the oldest one there. And uh, it was originally commissioned by Constantine the Great in 325 A.D., and it was destroyed by fire during the Samaritan Revolt in the 6th century and later rebuilt by the, the Byzantine emperor. And it's traditionally considered to be the birthplace of Jesus. Interesting, right? And so inside the church of the nativity, here's the inside, under the main altar of the church is this 14-point silver star that is supposed to mark the exact spot that Jesus was born. Now, a little bit of uh, history there. The original star that was there was actually stolen. And so they rebuilt, the, the, the church burnt down, they rebuilt it, they put another store where they suppose and presume that the spot was, and this is the place that they think that Jesus actually was born, the very spot, the 14-point silver star. And so we never saw that spot because when we visited this church, they had a huge line and that people were waiting to just see that spot, touch that spot, kneel and pray at that spot. And while I was there, I just felt a little just grief in my heart about this whole situation. And, and let me just kind of share a few thoughts with you concerning that. I felt grief in my heart thinking that people would spend hours to see where Jesus might have been born. And I guess they were hoping that praying at that very spot, that visiting that very spot, they would encounter God, experience His presence, and maybe receive a blessing from Him for just being there. Are y'all with me? And I was thinking, oh my goodness, the lines of people that are waiting to just see this spot, touch this spot. Our guide said, would y'all like to go? We said, no, it's, it's okay. We can just continue on. But you know, I was thinking about, man, these people are waiting to see the spot where Jesus was born and they're missing the entire purpose. They're missing the whole, the whole point. They're missing the purpose of Christmas. They're waiting to see a spot where Jesus was born. And in my mind, I just got this picture of Jesus standing there and looking down at them and saying, hey, Well, why do you want to touch the spot where I was born? Well, what about me? Are y'all with me? And so then I thought, listen, if we focus more on the event of Christmas instead of the message of Christmas, we'll miss the whole purpose of Christmas. Amen. And so, you know, in, in Luke chapter two and verse nine, it says the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be. Oh, I'm going to be, you know, the message of Christmas is good news for all people. 
If you're here today, I want you to know you might have been in church 50 years. God's got good news for you this, this Christmas season. Amen. And so is it possible, though, for you and I to miss the whole purpose of Christmas? I think it is. So here's three reasons why we might miss the purpose of Christmas. First one is that we can be too preoccupied with normal business and worries of life and miss the whole blessing of Christmas, right? In Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, it says this, And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, played danger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now think for a moment, the innkeeper missed the greatest opportunity of his life. Here he was, an innkeeper, and he was so preoccupied to make sure every room was filled and, and to make sure that everything was running right in his business that he missed the opportunity to host the Savior of the world. Isn't that incredible? He missed the opportunity to be the one who welcomed Jesus into the world. The innkeeper missed the blessing of Christmas because he was preoccupied with normal business. And whenever Mary and Joseph showed up, he said, there's no room. And so they found a stable, they found a manger, and that's where Jesus was born. And so the question for us today is that have we gotten too preoccupied with life, with business, and so that we miss the whole purpose of Christmas? That's what happened to the innkeeper. Listen, the innkeeper, like the innkeeper, we can miss the whole purpose and blessing of Christmas. And we can be so focused on the event that we miss the message. And you see, that's what grieved my heart when we were in, in the church of the nativity. Here's these people and they they waited for hours just to get to the altar. And hoping that by getting to that spot where Jesus was born, something might happen to them. Maybe a blessing would come. And I, I just I just can't help but see the picture of Jesus just like waving his hands going, oh my goodness. The spot is irrelevant. Irrelevant. What's really important is me. I'm here. The Savior is here. Amen. In Matthew 123, it says the virgin will be with child, give birth to a son, and they, should, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You know, the message of Christmas is God is with us. He's with us in our depression. He's with us in our darkness. He's with us whenever we're struggling in life, through our adversity, through our challenges. Jesus is with us. I want you to know he's here today. Amen. That's the message. He's with us. Amen. The second reason why some miss the purpose of Christian and Christmas is our hearts become closed off to God and his message. In Luke 10, it says, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The message of Christmas is good news, but good news is not beneficial unless it's received, unless it's accepted. How many of you know you, it doesn't matter that we hear a good, good news, a good message. If we don't accept it, then it does us no good, right? And so why did God send, think about this, why did God send his angels to the shepherds about the birth of Jesus? and not the religious leaders. I mean, shouldn't he invited the religious leaders to this event? But they're, not, they're nowhere around. Maybe it's because he knew the shepherds' hearts would be open to the message 
And the religious leaders' hearts would not be open to the message. In verse 8, it says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Verse 15 says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. See, the, the shepherds obviously had an open heart towards the things of God. How many of you know, if you want to experience the blessing of Christmas, you have to have an open heart to the things of God. Amen. They were willing to do whatever was required to follow God and to follow his message. Well, who knows? Maybe the reason God didn't send the angels to the religious leaders is because they were more interested in their religion and their tradition then they were interested in God himself. Experiencing the true blessing and benefits of Christmas is really a heart issue, right? And, uh, you know, Jesus described the religious leaders like this. He said in Matthew 15, 8, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. So listen, if you want to enjoy the true purpose and blessing of Christmas, see, Christmas can come and go and have absolutely no effect or no, no positive influence in your life. If Christmas is to affect your life, you have to have an open heart to God and an open heart to his message. And that's where life transformation takes place. The third purpose or the third reason, I think, why some people miss Christmas altogether is because our fear of people and our fear of God. And one thing we know for sure reading the Christmas story is that the shepherds had to deal with their fears, their personal fears, their individual fears. Before they could experience the blessing of Christmas, they had to deal with fear. And I think that's true of you and I. Remember in verse 9, it says, The Lord appeared to them and the glory shone around them. Whenever it says the glory shone around them, I want you to picture this. They're out in the fields. They're tending their sheep. It's dark, nothing unusual. And all of a sudden, there's a glow. There's a brightness. The glory of God shone around them. That'll freak you out right there, right? And so that's what happened here. But in verse 10, it says, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. See, like the shepherds, we have to face our fears if we can experience the blessing of Christmas. See, because some people struggle with following God and following his message because they are afraid of God. And when I say afraid of God, this is what I mean. They're afraid of what God might require of them. If I follow God, will I lose all control of my freedom? If I follow God, will I quit have, will I have to quit having fun? If I follow God, is he really going to ruin my life? If I follow God, will I have to change my lifestyle? Are y'all with me out there? If I follow God, will I have to forgive those who have offended me or hurt me? See, fearing God will keep you from enjoying the blessing that he promised at Christmas because it'll rob you of his power in your life. See, some people struggle following God because they're just not fearful of God. 
They're fearful of people. Have you ever been afraid to follow God because of what people might think? I think here in this story, when the shepherds were terrified and they were fearful, it's it's the same emotion that you and I have to battle with and to deal with whenever we are considering receiving the message, the true message of Christmas. And, you know, you know, when we think about fearing people, if I follow God, what will my friends think of me? Will they'll continue to be my friends? Will they still want to hang out with me? What are they going to say? What are they going to think? You know, peer pressure keeps some people out of the blessing of God. Amen? And listen, you'll never experience the true blessing of Christmas until you're willing to face your fears, fear of man, and fear of God. Amen? Proverbs chapter 29 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap because trusting the Lord, but trusting the Lord means safety. How many of you know you never go wrong when you trust God? Amen? You know, 34 years ago, I was invited to a church drama, a drama play, you know, And uh, the main message of the drama or the play was this. uh, Everyone is being influenced and and being controlled by one person or another. One person is being controlled by the enemy. One person is being controlled by God. Now, I want you to, let me peel it back a little bit. I'm 22 years old. I smoke pot on my way. I'm in drugs. I'm I'm lost like a goose in high weeds. And, uh, and I'm, my brother invited me to go to the play. I recruited my friend Doug Renard and said, Doug, you can't leave me alone. You gotta come with me. I'm sitting in this place and they're showing this drama, said everybody's controlled by one or two forces. And when you're controlled by the enemy, this is what you can expect. You can expect relational conflict. You can ex- expect misery, emptiness, loneliness, hopelessness, bondage, and enslavement. But if you allow God to control your life, this is what you can expect. Love, joy, peace, hope, emotional, mental, and spiritual freedom. Which influence is controlling your life? Without a doubt, I knew I didn't need anybody to tell me. I knew I was on the wrong side of the tracks. But at the end of the night, I realized I was being controlled by the wrong person. And I had a chance to change this in my life because they they gave an invitation. He said, listen, if you realize that your life is being influenced by the wrong influence, tonight you can make a difference by choosing the Lord. But I had a problem. My best friend was with me. Doug was with me. What's he going to think? Because they said, if you're ready to receive this message, I want you to just stand up. Stand up in this church. I mean, everybody's going to see me. Doug's going to see me. Everybody's going to know. What are people going to think? Are people going to reject me like I was rejecting people? Oh, they saw the light. Oh, they holy rollers. And so I had to deal. But God, but will God accept me? Is, have I done too much? Have I done too much wrong? What will he ask me to do? Will, will the end of having fun come to an end tonight if I accept him? I had to deal with my fear. But listen, I am so glad that I dealt with my fear because that night I faced my fear, opened my heart to God, and that night was a transformation in my life. It's the true message of Christmas. He came as the Savior to save us from our sins, to save us from ourselves, to save us from destruction, to save us from the trials and tribulations of life. That's the true message of Christmas. It's not gift wrappings. It's not carols. It's not shopping. It's the power of a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Now, there's three keys to experiencing the true purpose and blessing of Christmas. Christmas. First, you have to make your relationship with Christ a priority in your life. He has to be the most important thing in your life. He can't be like an add-on, an option. He has to be front and center. See, we can't be like the innkeeper and say, there's no room in the inn. See, we have to make time in our heart. We have to make time in our schedule. We have to make time in our budget, in our plans. We have to give him room in our life. Are y'all still with me? You know, don't be like the innkeeper. Make room for Christ in your hearts today. Amen. Matthew 6, 32 says, seek first, or 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, those who truly enjoy the blessing of God make a priority of their relationship with God. You know, it's amazing because during the Christmas season, there is, there's record crowds in churches. And so some will make an effort to go to church on Christmas time and then maybe Easter time. But for the rest of the year, they're missing in action. Come on. I'm here to tell you today, if you want to really enjoy the blessing of Christmas, come on, you got to ramp it up, man. Come on, you got to up your commitment. You got to give your life to Christ and let him come in and transform you. Amen. And so here's the second key to experiencing the blessing of Christmas. You have to open your heart to God and his message. The question is, are we going to be like the shepherds or the religious leaders? And Jesus said of them, they worship me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. See, it's a heart issue. Jesus said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Obedience releases the blessings of God in your life every time. Every time. People who open their heart of God and his message will enjoy the blessings and favor of God. Bottom line. The third key to experiencing the true purpose of Christmas is you have to put your faith and trust in God. See, the opposite of fear is faith. You see, as long as you fear losing your life, as long as you fear what people say, as long as you fear what God might ask you to do, you'll hold on to your life. But if you can let go of fear and move into faith and trust God and give your life to Him and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust that whatever happens is going to be better than what I have right now. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to, I'm going to cross the line. I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to trust you to change my eternity and change my life. Amen. And that's whenever the power of the whole Christmas message begins to take root in your life and begin to transform your life. Y'all receive this this, uh, this morning. In Luke 2, 11, it says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. You see, after I, after I received Christ, I was contemplating. It's like, man, I was thinking, if, if I become a Christian, will I have to stop doing? And will I have to stop? I was counting the cost. And I was afraid. It's like, man, I don't want, I don't want anybody to control my life, tell me what to do. But yet I was miserable. Yet I was empty. Yet I was depressed. But yet I was holding on. 
And when by faith I put my faith and trust in Christ, He took what I thought was a great life and showed me what a great life is. Come on, can anybody relate to that? Jesus said, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creature in Christ. All things pass away and behold, all things become new. Amen. Would you do me a favor and just bow your head with me for a second? You know, whenever I think back to that crowd of people in Bethlehem, in the church of the nativity, waiting hours to go see the spot, pray at the spot, touch the spot, that Jesus was born. And yet, in my mind's eye, I could just see Jesus standing there with his arms open wide and said, listen, would, would you just, just receive me? The true meaning of Christmas is me and my message and my ability to change your life. I'm so glad that one Christmas season I opened my heart to Him, gave my life to Him. I don't know where you are today, but I believe that the Lord's here in this place today and His arms are open wide and He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going through. He knows the struggles in your life. And with a great heart of compassion and mercy, He's extending His love towards you and saying, don't live without me another Christmas. Receive the greatest Christmas gift of all, your Savior. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I don't know that I'm a Christian. I don't know that I've ever crossed the line. I've ever surrendered my heart. But today, I don't want to go home without doing it. Would you pray for me? If that's you, just raise your hand just to acknowledge. Just raise your hand so I can see it. Thank you. I see your hand right here. I see your hand. Just raise your hand right here. Thank you. Right here. I see your hand right here. I see your hand. Just hold your hand. Say, that's me. Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender. There's hands going up. Listen, we're going to pray a prayer together. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Pray it from your heart sincerely. Say, Lord Jesus. I know that I've sinned. I know that, I, that I've offended you. But I know that you're a God of mercy, a God of forgiveness. And I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to wash my sins away. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. I invite you into my life. And I ask you to help me to live the Christian life. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me your grace, forgiving my sins, and empowering me to live the Christian life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, all of you that raise your hand, yeah, let's come on. Let's, let's thank God for every person that surrendered this morning. It's the greatest Christmas you'll ever have. Now, would you do me a favor and would you stand with me? You know, every Christmas service, we like to conclude our service with, with a candlelight moment. And you know, the whole, the whole picture of candlelight service, how many of you know that He is the light of the world? And He came to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in Him would no longer walk in darkness. Christ wants to light up our life. Amen? And so, as they dim the lights, I'm going to light my candle. We're gonna, and we're just going to spread the light. 
And as the light begins to spread, I want you to just begin to, to just let the love of God shine in your life. service today look around the room and you see all the lights that's the light that Jesus wants to put inside every soul that's in this room he wants to light up every dark place every discouraging place he wants to bring health and healing to your body to your spirit man all we have to do is open our hearts to his light so as we conclude I want to pray for you today I don't know where what you're going through, what you're dealing with. But I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not by yourself. Even though you might feel lonely, you're not alone. Jesus promised that he would be with us in every trial and every tribulation. He would be with us in the valley. He would be with us on the mountaintop. We have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, I don't know what they're dealing with. I know some are grieving. Some are suffering today. Some have broken families that are feeling lonely, depressed, discouraged. Lord, I pray 
that you would release the light of your love and your grace and your spirit, that you would touch every heart, fill every heart. Lord, let the joy of the Lord, let the good news of the gospel, Lord, begin to influence and affect their life like never before. Lord, I pray that this Christmas would be the greatest Christmas of all. Lord, thank you for the blessing of God that is upon each and every one here in the mighty and the strong in the matchless name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can blow out your candle now. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas. Enjoy the Christmas season.